everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone. Um, yeah, even Yoshihashi, fuck it. My name's Luke, I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Andy Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy Andy. Hey, you know, the original <laughs> intro was uh, for our show. I'm Mr. Guy, or Andy, by the way. And uh, the original intro for our show was <laughs> never a podcast. Podcast open to everyone except Yoshihashi. <laughs> it, it came a little bit too hard to keep that after he like, won his first title and all this kind of stuff. But, that was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it was. We like, to, we like to tease Yoshihashi a little bit. All right, a lot. But but we like oh I like him so that's all right anyway he's a yes. wrestler in New Japan he definitely is and that's why we're here we are a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast and we're going to talk about oh you know nights 16 and 17 of the G1 Climax 32 <laughs> all right and and uh, there is some news here and there we'll get to that in a mo and we also got uh, a strong email from mr ian which what you want to put this in between the two g1s or what i should have talked like about this before we started to... all right that's that so that's what we'll do but before we get to any of this stuff there's ways people can contact us if they wish to we have a hotmail it's neveropenpod at gmail.com well the gmail whatever it's email so send us a written or voice email there or you can interact with us on the tweety not many people were doing that on the uh, Sunday night because it was a fucking ungodly hour, but you can still do that. It's uh, at NeverOpenPod. That's us collectively. I'm there at Grumpy2EB, and Mr. Andy Guy is there at Drusifer Tweets. We have a Teespring store as well where you can buy merch that will make you look never as fuck. Do it. Wow. Yeah, man. Well, Luke, this first night of the G1 Climax 32 is in Machida Gymnasium in Tokyo. And like, you know, this is, Tokyo's really big, it turns out. And so they need all kinds of uh, different venues and stuff. And New Japan can run eight different shows in eight different venues in Tokyo, which is pretty cool. But uh, this venue is called the uh, Gymnasium, Machida Gymnasium? Yeah, it's a general gymnasium. It was built as one of the projects commemorating the 30th anniversary of the municipality of Machida. And mm. it's just a 10-minute walk from the north exit of Norris Station. I mean, you guys know where that's at. So the facility is fully equipped with an arena, small gymnasium, martial arts hall, in both styles of archery ranges, Japanese and Western. The roughly 2,400-square-meter square, 2, main area is large enough to host national badminton, volleyball, and basketball uh, tournaments and, and games and there's a jogging track around the middle of the bleachers in the second tier we saw that um apart from use by groups the facilities are available for individuals depending on the time and the schedule of various lessons and programs so that's really important that we everybody knows about that i think it's very important that everybody knows the ins and outs of the Mishida gymnasium just in case they go there now they then now they know what to expect they've just heard this Heard this uh, awesome bit of info on the podcast, but he did skip news. And uh, one of them is Mr. Robbie Eagles did get the COVIDs. He's overdoing uh, CMML dates and he had to cancel some, I believe he told me. So, yeah, that sucks for him. And I hope he's doing all right and all that kind of stuff. Was there any other pieces of news? No. 
<laughs> no. It's pretty no, much this really important. Yeah, just really important stuff about this venue. And uh, we do have Chris and Kevin on the call, too. I'm ready to go on with the show. I don't know about it. You're hanging out in the news section, and I'm ready to move on with the show. So let's go. (laughs) You said news section, right? Not nude section. All right. So G1 Climax, night 16. My pants are off. (laughs) (laughs) They're not. All right. We got Jado, David Finley, Tamatonga, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's a weird odd first match versus Elfantasmo. Rock hard. Uh, Chase and Farley, and I don't have much to say about the tags on both nights. I'm sorry. So if, if uh, people were expecting super mega detail, but there's lots of back rakes on Tanahashi in this one. Like everyone does all of the back rakes. And then uh, Tana, he's been let, he's had always had this streak, but I feel like this G1, he's been letting this streak kind of like out a little more. You know, his oh, you, you're going to be a dick to me. I'm going to fucking be a dick to you back and worse. So uh, I do like that. We saw a good portion of that in uh, in the uh, match he had with what? No, Goto. That's right. Sorry. My brain's still catching up. My first coffee of the morning. So he does uh, put Chase's T-shirt over his head and gives him a back rate too. Fuck you, Mr. T-shirt. You cop that. So uh, unfortunately, though, these matches all end the same way because we're making Chase super strong uh, for some reason. See triggers on Jado again. Yeah, I mean, Pin and Jado really put you over. But, uh, you know, especially when you do it 30 times. But uh, the next match, Luke, is uh, Jonah Hex and Big Teats versus Tom Lawler and <gasps> again. And I knew you were really happy to see this again. And I wanted Big Teats to get a win here. I was really, really rooting for him but uh there's a black force bomb on royce isaacs and jonah gets the pin poor teats definitely poor teats and that's the sixth time that fucking match has happened in the g1 sixth sixth ah all right it's bushi sonata and tetsuya naito in a match against uh lance archer takamichinoku and zach saber jr why aren't you hyping him up man come on i know give him a mic it's his last total tawny match tonight, Taka. Come out. Come on. We want to see it. We want, we want you to be the hype man. That's where that that's where that happened. The first G1 that, that uh, I think it was 2017, I think. The first G1 that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was in. And that's when Taka brought him out and put him over before every single match. And it was just the best. I love it. Get yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Like, Come on. Over here. That's what he would say. <laughs> and so, uh. They've done the smart thing in this GSG one. Uh, well, s- semi-smart. One of them's putting Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito in the same block. I'm like, oh, that's kind of smart. It's going to be a good match. But also, I remember what happened last time. But uh, they're not. They're like, we're not going to have that be the first match this year. We're not stupid. We're going to have this be the last match for either man in the tournament. So, oh, the, the block. So uh, you get Zack Sabre Jr. and Naito reconnecting here. It looks to be awesome. I, I, I can't wait for that match. It's going to be amazing. And Sonata and Lance Archer show they have some pretty damn good chemistry too. So it's another one of those instances where there's people on different blocks wrestling each other. And I'm just like, oh, we're still on the same block. I think feel like I've had that feeling so often. Right. Like six times and Filthy and Jonah are still not on the same block. But they've, yeah, anyway. It's, it's, I don't think I've, I don't <laughs> think any point during this, during this G1, 
I've thought to myself that I wanted something different necessarily, other than maybe a couple match results. But I haven't ever been like, well, I wish that guy was in that. I mean, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. and Yano, <clears> they were <throat> in the same block. But I mean, other than that, I don't really care. Um, it's interesting, you know. I, I, I don't know. I find, I find this G1 like very satisfying as a pro wrestling fan, which we'll, we'll get into why. Well, I think we said in the last episode that this is probably the best one we've covered. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Oh, by the way, you know, skull end on Taka. He's only getting that one win. That's it, motherfucker. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> that was a that was a really good tag match too. By the way, I love that. You know, uh, Sonata and Archer that like did some good stuff too. It was great. Uh, I really like that. But uh, the next match, Luke, is House of Torture versus Chaos, and <laughs> Chaos just easily handles house of torture now so uh ishii hits a brain buster on dick toga for the win and uh what's the saying it says house of trash is more like it am i right oh so in the commentary for this match right they're talking about oh ishii's getting a bit old this might be his last g1 and all this kind of stuff it hasn't been his best g1 and all that kind of shit and all i can say is fuck you new japan because you've had this guy for years a he should have won a g1 and B, he should have been a world champion by now. And C, fuck, fuck you, New Japan, again, even though I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't have too many complaints about top guys and all that kind of stuff, except they win the tournaments every single time. But, you know, I, man, if only Ishii had a neck and was more handsome, he'd have had those titles already. There, I, yeah, I nice. said it. So they, they annoyed me on the commentary with those lines, and I was just like, get out of here. But uh, we have David Finley joining on the commentary as well. So uh, I tell you what, I think I like him as this on-screen character. He just sounds like a normal dude on commentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of the wrestlers just drop their character to do commentary, which is weird. You know, like Lance Archer in particular it was jarring. You know, it was like, why are you – just like acting like you're a normal guy, you know, like that's, that's, I don't know. It seems like they're what? okay. I, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two days, two days, Luke. Um, but uh, yes, I just, it's just strange to me that they would just act like a normal person, you know, but sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Very true. All right. So I also wonder like, is that what the Japanese commentary is like? Like I, I would imagine they keep kayfabe and stuff a lot better, wouldn't they? I don't know. I don't know, because, I mean, they're always laughing on commentary over there. So That's I right. have a feeling that it's it's a lot like the, you know, American commentary. Well, I do remember yeah, us talk, talking about. Yeah, I do remember us talking about uh, the Kevin and uh, Chris Charlton's commentary vodka and to which you replied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they got that idea from Juice and Thunder Liger. <laughs> Because, so. yes, he is the original <coughs> commentator in New Japan. So. That's it. No one else does it. By the way, if you want to see some awesome drunk commentary, there's like that Hogwild, Roadwild show where oh, uh, yeah. Bobby, Bobby Heenan wasted, is yeah. absolutely wasted. Anyway, let's get a C-block action. we got Aaron Hanare <laughs> versus Kenta. I would say this is a pretty good match. But uh, you, I just look at the things and I'm just like, oh, Nare's on two and Kenta's also on two. Why is Kenta on two? This guy's got a book out. He is one of your, I, I'd say, like at least upper mid guys. What is he doing this low in the tournament? He's booking in this tournament baffle. I know you don't care about wins and losses and stuff, but 
I feel like his booking has baffled me in this tournament. He's lost way too many matches. I like this. It's it's stiff. It's pretty cool to play in places, but on the other hand, it's kind of hard to care about. I'm sorry. Game over on Hanare. Kenta on four and Hanare on two. I hope you like this. This match. I mean, I don't think I do. Uh, it. This match has like a problem in it, and it's it's that they just. Like it's really stiff, but it like the match almost falls completely apart right in the middle of it, and it, they get they get real sloppy, and it looks like they're just kind of like not sure what to do next or something, and it's weird. It happens on the next night too with the tag matches. It's very strange, but um, so like you know the work in this match is good, but there's I, it just doesn't have any like like coherent story. Like at the beginning, they start with like kickboxing, right? But that doesn't really go anywhere, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting kind of thing where it doesn't really, like, these two guys don't really match up very well as far as, like, an entertaining match. It's not bad. It's just, it's not what I expect from a G1 match with Kenta in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, like, I guess not everyone has amazing chemistry the first time they wrestle each other. I think this is their first singles match. So, you know, maybe... Th- They'll build on build from this in, in future matches. Hope so. All right, so let's go to A block action. It is Torianu versus uh, Jeff Cobb. And uh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this, does, does Cobb have some kind of DVD? He does. He has, he has a DVD on him as he comes to the ring because I, I, I like that about Cobb. Yes, he's he's this big Ichiban kaiju kind of guy. But he likes to mimic other wrestlers, their mannerisms and shit like that. So he's got his own DVD. And I already know what's on it. It's uh, it's a DVD of him teaching you how to surf on people. And it's also got him taking people on tours. So you've got uh, segments of uh, Master Wato there, segments of uh, Bushi just going on the many tours and all the places that they go to when they're on, their, on those tours and all that kind of shit. I don't know. Anyway. I, Yano, I thought the part, the part where he does the uh, – the tours of the big guys that's when it's really gets oh, entertaining yeah. i mean it's a great it's very informative like there's a lot of information about the islands that he takes him to the tour on you know like he's education first but they're entertaining too so it's a great thing well, when he's doing the juniors I, I imagine them being like smaller islands and things like that when he's doing when he's doing tours on the bigger guys i imagine the island being the size of australia yeah okay fair enough which is an island so there you go I like this match. We've got uh, Yano and Cobb just getting into it on the outside, and Cobb gets his arms tucked into his man leotard and then wrapped into the ring apron. <laughs> and Cobb barely makes it in. Yano serves Cobb. So I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a ballsy move right there, surfing the big man. And then Cobb kind of puts Yano's shirt over his face and gives him a tour of the islands. <laughs> Uh, Cobb on eight, Yano on two. I liked it. This is a yeah, this is a blast because Cobb comes out and he doesn't just have a DVD. He's got a chair. He's got a, a like Hawaiian like Yano shirt that he's wearing. He has a whole entrance where the announcer has to announce five thousand things about him, and they're all very funny apparently. So I mean, like this is highly entertaining, and the whole thing where he wraps him up in the singlet and and the ring skirt. After he gets back in the ring, his arms are stuck in there because you can't just pull him out, of course, because it's a Yano match. And he hits he hits an armless drop kick at one point, which looks <laughs> really funny. 
And uh, I Cassidy love it. Style. Yeah, I, absolutely. I love it when, you know, in a Yano match, some bullshit gets set up in the match and they, and everybody just goes along with it, like the tape or, you know, or anything like that. And, and some of the best Yano matches have his opponent having to wrestle in strange situations, like having a, uh, a young lion taped to them or carrying the guardrail into the ring or whatever, you know? So I like, uh, this is a, another one that was pretty fun. I like this a lot. I think a lot of wrestlers are willing to have a bit of fun in, during the Yano matches. Cause they also know that even if they do lose to Yano, it's not going to hurt them that much anyway. So, you know, why not? All right, let's go to D block action. It is a grudge match. Well, at least for me from last year, it is Shingo versus Yajiro Takahashi. Mr. Guy, what do you think of this D-block match? Well, Ref Jumpy arrives in the building, and I sent him, you know, <laughs> so I was excited about that, and he's going to ref this match, you know. But, you know, at the beginning, Shingo just, like, dominates, and none of Yujiro's tricks work until he just blatantly uses a chair. He's like, fuck it, I'm not going to be sneaky anymore. <laughs> so so there's a little bit of heat on Shingo, and, and but he, he returns the favor of the hand bite and takes over that way with the Yukon Lariat for her first double down. She goes up first there, and Sho is out to distract, helping Yujiro take back over. He hits the angle slam and a Miami shine for two. Uh, there's a distraction, and Sho chair shot for a near fall for Yujiro. And Shigo puts some moves together and gets a sliding D to the back of Yujiro's head, which is pretty cool. There's a Lariat and a really scary Made in Japan for two, which is awesome. Oh, and yeah. uh, that's great. They fight on the outside. The ref just starts counting. So there's a fisherman buster from Yujiro, but Shingo hits a DVD on the floor, and uh, Yujiro gets in with the help of show. And there's a chump bump, and the crowd goes silent. Man, uh, Shingo just punches the chair Yujiro's using and takes out Show, pumping bomber, and uh, Shingo wins. This is fine. You know, I'm glad that Shingo won. You know, I, I hate to see somebody like Shingo. You know. Uh, not be able to handle House of Torture's trickery when Chaos can do it every time. Especially if it's just Yujiro and his bullshit. But uh, there was a moment here where they're on the outside and Peter and Shingo kind of size each other up. And I'm like, look, that's going in my fantasy dream book. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I look at the points here. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Sorry about that. Oh, boy. Excuse me. I look at the points here and I see that Yujiro has six points. And then in another block, Kenta has fucking two points. That's bull. He's got four now, but that's bullshit. And I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. So this is kind of revenge for Shingo because last year, Yujiro just held him in for a double count out. So he eliminate, thus eliminating from the tournament and being my most hated guy in, in that tournament, except for maybe. No, no, he was. Motherfucking just grabbed him. I was so pissed off. I was so pissed off. Anyway, yeah, this match is fine. It gives me what I wanted to see, and that's Shingo getting his revenge and beating the shit out of Yujiro. That's exactly what I wanted, and it ties up the scores again on the on the D block, so Shingo on six, and Yujiro at six. You get six points, and you get six points, and you get six points, which kind of spoils the next match, but that's okay. It is D block action. It is Yoshihashi versus the Billy guy. And uh, what do you do when someone's taped up? He's taped. Yoshihashi's taped up so much. He looks like a fucking mummy at this point. <laughs> He's, what's the 
What was the mummy character in WCW that oh came my out god humped hum, Hulk Hogan? Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what he's called, but uh, that's going to that, derail this podcast as we try to remember it. <laughs> the Yeti. The Yeti. Thank you. How could that's, I forget that? Oh my goodness. So uh, of course, you know, Billy's going to target the taped up parts of Yoshihashi, which is smart. And <clears throat> sometimes, somehow, I believe Yoshihashi somehow might not lose. But this match, no. They do kind of make me believe later on, but like I do, I do realize they're setting it up to make it look like it's going to be a seven-way draw at the last night, and then they're going to obviously crown a winner. So that's where it's going. But I, I still kind of liked this match. But you know, if Yoshihashi beats uh, Osprey here, Osprey is out of the tournament. Like that's not happening, like ever. <laughs> <laughs> but then something happens in this match. So I was like. Wait, no shit. Yoshihashi hits fucking karma on Will Ospreay. And I'm just like, wait, what? But it's another one of those ones where he's like, oh, I'm too far away and too hurt to be, uh, to be able to do it. Commentary selling it like he's got like a broken collarbone or, or something like that. Or he's just really fucked there. So he's got a bit of wear and tear. And see, I say that at the start of my notes. Yoshihashi has no chance. And they see that he hits karma. And I'm just like, <gasps> yeah, so... Good, good job, New Japan. Good job, Mr. Osprey, making me, making me believe there. Even though I knew it'd lose. Uh, it's a Yoshihashi on four and Billy on six after a hidden blade. So, yeah, solid stuff. It was good. Yoshihashi four, Billy six. What do you think? This match is real stiff in, yeah. like, a good way, you know? And, like, at first it's kind of lame because, like, I don't know, man. Yoshihashi with his, his uh, inability to remember that his arm hurts is funny. <laughs> like because he it, it it comes and goes until they get into the really like good part of the match where it's starting to you know really get good then he's doing a great job and at one point he even yells fuck because his arm hurts he does wow. yeah, i've never heard great. him yell out fuck before i wrote that on the no tweet. I didn't put it on my notes but yeah at one point he just just yells it out fuck <laughs> well usually usually he just yells ah so <clears throat> it was nice to learn that he can yell words too um, but uh, anyway, yeah, and that karma happens at 15 minutes in the match. So you're thinking like, oh, that, that's a good place for something like that because that, you know, makes you think he's going to win. And it's just as soon as Yoshihashi, you see he can't you know, get over to pin him. You're like, oh, okay, well, he's not winning. So, <laughs> but uh, I mean, there was a couple really cool moves in here. Like, for example, um, Will, he reversed karma into a stun dog millionaire, which is really cool. He also goes for an os cutter or something, springboard style, and Yoshihashi just super kicks him out of the air, which is never not cool. I love that whenever a guy is in the air and gets kicked out of the air. It's the best every time. So that was great. Um, and I, you know, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was great. I didn't care who was going to win, but uh, unlike, you know, the first match on this night, the first singles match on this night, it they, they drew me in and they entertained me and, you know, everything looked really painful and stiff and it looked pretty good. I'm happy with this match. Yeah. What more can you ask for? They, they went out and did it and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, I wish we had this kind of Yoshihashi all year round instead of just at the G1. <laughs> But that's the last not what we have. Dude, this is a match I've been excited for ever since I realized that both these gentlemen were in the same block. Here it is. I loved it. 
It is people. I also loved the ending. It, um, it both made me really happy, and I was gutted at the same time. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <clears throat> but let me let me uh, see what you think of this match, Mister Andy. It is Tai Chi versus the fucking champion Switchblade Jay White. I was convinced that Jay White was going to lose this match. I just same. thought. You know, I really thought that would be a cool thing. And, you know, that's what the crowd wants, too. The crowd wants Jay to lose, but they definitely want him to lose to Tai Chi. Tai Chi is mega babyface, you know. And, you know, Tai Chi starts the match off trying to put Jay off a little bit and challenges him to sumo, you know. But Jay just uses that to lure Tai Chi to chase. And Jay, not he knocks Tai Chi to the outside and uses the camera cords to toke. Ta- ta- uh, choke tai Chi, which is, uh, that's his shit, so... <laughs> Jay yells at Miho. That's not cool, man. Don't do that. Um, there's the ring, ring skirt breathe spot by Jay. Jay to- chokes Tai Chi and Tai Chi chokes back. Jay starts attacking Tai Chi's midsection, which makes me very unhappy. Um, and Tai Chi starts using his leg kicks. And they look so good compared to someone else on the roster we'll talk about later. Um, my goodness. And uh, he gets a Gamaguri in the corner. Tai Chi starts kicking the absolute shit out of Jay, and uh, it's really great. You know, uh, this goes on for a bit, and Jay fights back, but another nasty leg kick, and Jay hits a DVD, which is that? That's not normal. Um, that was weird, but Jay sells his leg and looks very worried at this point in the match, and I really enjoy that. Uh, you know, but he uses you know, wrestlers uh, momentum against them with that flat liner. And he uses that to kind of start off a couple things with a German suplex and Gato uh, really likes that too, by the way, you hear him popping huge on the outside. So uh, there's Uranagi for two, and then they go strike for strike and insecurity from Tai Chi for double down. Then the pants are off and Gato has Mio by the hair and drags her to distract Tai Chi. <laughs> this is really funny because, you know, Tai Chi, he he goes out there, but he's just kind of like not worried about Miho. He's it's more that his property has been, you know, violated. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of weird. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, private property and uh, women as a uh, torrid human history, unfortunately. So pulling um, up my collar, going, uh oh. Yikes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Taichi starts selling Jay's chops, and he takes out Jay with a forearm. And that's when he goes after Gato. But there's a uh, Kanemaru from Cam- commentary gets up to help too. Cause he's like, fuck you. You're not fucking with me. that was great. That was Hell some yeah. like, you know, baby face master shit. Uh, back in the ring, there's a double ax bomber on Gato and Jay and a last right par- power bomb for another double down buzzsaw kick, but Jay plays possum. Uh, he, uh, Taichi keeps firing up and hitting dangerous suplex for uh two count. Dangerous. I love that. Hits a yeah. uh, Canadian low blow on Gato. Uh, there's a Tai Chi clutch for two, which is a really good near fall. Sumo throw and Yokozuna elbow, but Jay kicks out. Fuck you. Uh, then there's fish out of water reversals and a bridging dangerous suplex for two. Blade Runner. But Jay can't get the cover. He's too fucked from the suplexes. And so uh, he can't get Tai Chi up for another Blade Runner and has to use the ropes to help himself get up you know, to kind of help pick up Tai Chi and he drags him to the middle of the ring again and hits it again. And Jay wins. Boo. What'd you think of this match, Luke? All right. Speaking of how awesome Tai Chi is at kicks last night, because I was just like, oh, there's no New Japan on tonight. I mean, that's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because, you know, I need a break. 
bad thing because, you know, I, I want more G1. But I rewatched Taichi versus uh, Kota Ibushi, as I want to do every now and again. And you want to see awesome kicks. That's all that match is. I love this match. <clears throat> and here's how much I like Taichi. About as much as I like Greta Khan, I guess, because those were the two guys I was like, I wouldn't mind them seeing get get a win over Jay. I wouldn't mind that at all. So I was kind of mentally prepared for Jay winning, but also kind of being like, all right, Taichi, it's your moment, man. Get it. Get a pin on a champion. That would be absolutely amazing. You know, you can lose the rematch later on. That's fine. But, you know, do it. Let's, let's see that happen. And then I'm getting into it. Taichi's getting close. It's, it's, it's happening. And that first Blade Runner. And then there's the second Blade Runner. I was just like, fuck. How can I be? And like, it's a match with with my favorite wrestler, Jay White. He wins, and I'm emotionally devastated. <laughs> That's how well Tai Chi and New Japan have done at kind of uh, setting us up for this face Tai Chi run that we're having now. It's fucking working, and it's it's awesome. And we don't see Jay mix it up with uh, wrestlers like Tai Chi that that often either, unless it's a G1 kind of situation. So. I, I, I loved it. I want to see these two wrestle again, which I would have gotten if Taichi had a one, which is another reason I wanted him to win. But yeah, Jay becomes, I think, the second man on 10 points. I think Naito's on 10 at this point, but, or the first, it doesn't matter. But Jay's on double figures where a lot of people aren't. And that's thus eliminates a few people in his block at the same time. So I I liked this match. It's uh, what's the main event. I thought some of the cheating might have gone a little overboard to the point. I was like, ah, oh, okay, Taichi's winning this. But no, they pulled the curveball out, and they were like, no, nope, the heel's going to win this one. And he did. Fuck. I'm I'm used to Jay White winning. I'm not used to Jay White winning this much. And now I'm just, I don't know. Like, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the Tamatonga match, but I'd rather see him lose against, like, a Tai Chi or a Greater Khan or something like that because I'd rather uh, I'd rather Tamatonga go get his Never title back or something like that, be in that story, instead of uh, pinning Jay White tonight, which I think he might do, and that will make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good show. You know, um, it wasn't, you know, anything super special or anything like that, but I thought it was pretty good. What do you think, Luke? You want to move on to our uh, Ian's Strong Review? And this is a special one because this is the same show that, uh, that one, you know, one of our favorite listeners, Jay, was at. So she already wrote in a review. So now you get to, you know, write in, folks. Tell us which one did a better job. We need to know. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. So. Anyway, but, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. So uh, here we go. Here is Ian's Review of High Alert, Strong, the show in the thing. Hi Luke and Andy, this is Ian with another New Japan Strong Review. We're on High Alert at the Grady Cole Center in Charlotte, North Carolina, a venue where I saw Ben Folds without a five, Train do a very good cover of Ramble On, and Primus play the entirety of Sailing the Seas of Cheese as a single piece. None of these people were in the audience of this show, although I understand a very good friend of the show was. We started out with a singles match between two tag specialists as Jarrell Nelson faced Shane Haste. It's possible to overlook Jarrell Nelson, what with Royce Isaacs making the waves that he is, but that feels like a mistake. 
He's got the skills and athleticism to be something. However, I feel like he just needs a little more confidence to perform at the level of his capability. Confidence is not something Shane Hayes lacks, and he's shone in this match. Athletic, hard-hitting, and managing to stay just within the bounds of being heelish while deploying a very face-like moveset. This was actually a problem the whole length of the match. No one was quite sure who to cheer for. Both guys were from heel stables, but neither was cheating very much. In the end, though, Nelson made the decision for everyone by grabbing a handful of Haste's tights for the pin and showing us a side of the Australian we'd never seen before. A decent opener, if nothing mind-blowing, but it did hammer home that they're not going to be able to keep TMDK heel for long. Following this, we had the biggest match of the evening, if you'll excuse the pun, as Hikaleo took on Big Demo. I will admit to having turned round on Hikaleo a bit lately. He's lost puppy fat and replaced it with muscle. He's worked on his moves so they actually look like they hurt, and crucially, he's managed to get a bit of swagger. He doesn't look like a younger brother anymore. Big Demo does exactly what it says on the tin. He's a big Ulsterman who hits hard and throws people around. The only problem is he looks his absolute best against smaller guys. Put him against, say, a Blake Christian, and he looks amazing. Put him against Hikaleo, who isn't heavier but is much taller, and he just looks a bit lost. It meant the start of this match was very punch-kick, punch-kick, until they found their groove and their passion and the big moves started to come out. Unfortunately, that's where it ran into its second problem, namely that big man style involves very little selling but requires a lot of selling to look devastating. The result is the match couldn't really build to the heights it needed to achieve, which was a shame. Our main event was basically the whole reason for the show. Aussie Open facing off against Christopher Daniels and Yuya Uramura for the inaugural strong openweight tag belts. And bloody hell, what a good match this was. Aussie Open are absolutely coming into their prime as a team. Christopher Daniels is an old dog, but he still has a hell of a bite. And after six months or so of treading water, Uemura has finally learned to swim. The result is a match that's breakneck, brutal, and pyrotechnic, combining all the best of mid-2000s Ring of Honor with all the best of 2020s indie tag matches. Fletcher and Davis work as a single unit, with Davis providing the power but being matched by Fletcher in terms of damage dealt. On the other side of the ring, I feel like someone has given Uemura a stack of Konosuke Takeshita tapes and told him to watch and learn. He doesn't move like a young lion anymore, he moves like a wrestler, and the improvement is immediate. At one point, he hits Kyle Fletcher so hard that Fletcher sits up and just mouths, Fuck! In the end, though, there was only one way this match was going to go. Daniels is amazing, but he's a kingmaker, and Uemura's time is coming rather than here. Aussie Open are your new openweight tag champs, and long may they reign. Strong has desperately uneven weeks sometimes, but this was a good one. Lexus was right on the money when he said that the reason why Andy didn't like Strong was that Strong was a TV show. Ironically, that's why I do like it, I think. I love wrestling shows, but if they come out in an uneven way, I'm always missing them and then running back to catch up. Give me my wrestling on a given night, at a given time, and a given length, 
and I'll be the happiest strong reviewer you ever saw. Thanks, guys. And until next time, keep it strong. All right. Well, Luke, what do you think of Ian's review? It is a good review, thorough review, as always. And uh, he, look at look at look at uh, Mr. Ian stealing your shit here. It's not enough for him to be like, hey, we're in the call center. Now he's given us a history of the call center and what's <laughs> up with that. So uh, I noticed that straight away. And I'm like, is Andy going to be like, you're stealing my shit? But, uh, <laughs> man. Also, I think he's definitely right. Like, as much as I like Chris Daniels and New Uramura, and uh, as much as I'd love to have seen them with tag titles, definitely makes more sense to put them on the Aussie Open guys. You st- I still feel like they're in the establishment phase of that faction because of uh, the Empire, because of all the, you know, it started, like, what, almost two years ago, and then COVID happened, and then the only, like, Empire guy you'd see for weeks on end on New Japan will be Great Khan, and he's stuck wrestling young lions because there's no one to tag with. Don't know if you remember all that. <laughs> so I still think they're in the let's establish our Empire Boys more uh, on both Strong and the main show. So I think they're being quite successful at it, finally, after all that, that stalling. What do you think of this email? Well, I'd just like to mention that, um, you know, the first concert that I ever went to, like rock concert, like, or you know, I've been to you know, small little things before, but, uh, you know, I was, it was my 14th birthday and, uh, I wa and it was in 1994. That's how old I am. And, uh, I saw rush and the opening band was primus and I love primus. And at that time, you know, I think they were torn pork soda, you know, my name is mud had come out. I fucking love them. I would mm-hmm. love to see them play the entire album of, uh, you know, uh, sailing the seas of cheese but uh, with this is a, a euphemism for vomiting, by the way. And, uh, you know, I would have loved that because that band is fantastic. And, like, it's really funny because I live in kind of a redneck area a little bit, you know. And, like, I don't know. Primus is a weird band. So, they like, sure halfway, th- halfway through their set, they just start getting booed, man. And they got fucking booed off the stage. <laughs> and it's just really funny because everyone's like, I want to hear Rush. Why are you playing this weird shit? Get off that stage, you know? It's like, but it's like Master Watto is uh, just, you know, out <laughs> yelling at these people. But it was really funny because uh, later on in uh, Closer to the Heart, the, uh, you know, the band Rush, they did a big jam section during that song and they played part of a, uh, a Primus song in that. And the crowd uh, really liked that. So. What the fuck do you want, crowd? We want Rush playing Primus. Do you want Primus well, playing they, Primus? No! Primus, Primus appeared to be ribbing, uh, or excuse me, Rush appeared to be ribbing Primus and kind of aping their movements and whatnot, and so uh, that's what the crowd liked. They were like, oh, you know, they, they you know, Rush Rush turned heel on, on Primus. So It's funny you mention this because um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone just did the 25th anniversary yeah. South Park concert, and they brought out, uh, I can't remember, Primus Man. You know who I mean. Les Claypool. Les, yeah, Clay- Les Claypool. Les Claypool to do the theme tune with them. And then also Rush came out to do a couple songs with them as well. Right. So, Mean is in that. <clears throat> oh, man, fucking, it's like some of my favorite music altogether. I, I really want to watch that somehow. I'm assuming it'll get leaked online or somewhere available because that's probably a few- really fucking great. There's a few official clips online that are short, but they there, there is one of uh, of Gayfish, which is awesome. They have a couple extra verses on it and stuff too. 
So yes, that uh, you just talking about that just reminded me of that fact. But yeah, I love South Park too, by the way. So let's do it. Night 17, we are in Nagano, and we are in a place that once hosted an Olympic event. How do I know? Motherfucker! And how do I know this? The commentary team said it at the start. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's just doing it? Like, taking my shit? shit. (laughs) That's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, this this, this venue's called the White Ring, right? And it's an indoor sporting arena (laughs) with black curtains at the station. That's right. That's right. It's like that song. That song fucking sold a lot of wah pedals, man. I'll tell you what. But uh, let's see here. All right. So it's it's located in Nagano, Japan. As you said, the capacity of the arena area is about 7,000 people. It was a venue for the 1998 Winter Olympics, hosting the figure skating and short track speed skating events. So, you know, I don't know if they mentioned which event it was, but here's the, the big news about the White Ring. Uh, with black curtains is that this is also the home of the B League uh, professional basketball league team in Japan, the Shinsu Brave Warriors. Fuck off, Brave Warriors. We're Dolphins yeah. for life. Go Dolphins. Go Dolphins. <laughs> yes, indeed. Also, we have uh, a match that will make Mr. Andy smile because it starts off with Goto. Oh, he's in the opener. So that means for the rest of the show, oh my God. you won't have to see. Hiroki Goto. And who's he teaming with? All of the young lions. All of them. And uh, look, this is something that I I love every time. And they've done it every time. New Japan can do things a lot and annoy me. I'm I'm looking at you, uh, Big Teats and Jonah versus uh, the Filthy team. I like you guys, but like, you need to see other people. I'm serious. But every one of these times, you've got young lions on one team and show on the other. You bet your ass they're going to try and beat Show. They target Show. I guess maybe he's, just, he's the smallest, or they just think he's a jerk for tapping them all out with arm bars. But uh, they get to do the triple Young Lions Brab submission spot, <laughs> which is awesome. Then they get to stand around as one of them has Show in a Brab and stand around. So it's like, you're going to break this up? You're going to break this up? Of course it gets broken up. Of course it does. I still love that that spot's taken off so much that even the Young Lions are doing it to you know get a, get a fan reaction and it works <laughs> but you know it's a quick quick arm bar by show on Kosai Fujita yeah Ishimori's on commentary too we haven't yeah. seen him in New Japan in a long time so glad he's back I understand he's launched a clothing line so uh that's a thing but uh next we have Jonah and Big Teats versus different it's people. parachute pants man it's all parachute pants and all that kind of <laughs> shit they used to wear in the in the uh, Nordies. That's true. Uh, and they are facing Will and Hanare. So uh, United Empire, they work together to attack Jonah Hex. And this match feels real weird because it's heel versus heel. And the crowd's like real traditional and they just will not cheer for heels. So they're just kind of like, it's silent, you know, but it's uncomfortable. And Will actually notices this and tries to get the crowd into it, which is nice. Um, but Here's a really dumb psychology thing here. So, like, Big Teats has a pin on Will, right? Or Will's pinning Big Teats, excuse me. And so Jonah tries to splash Will to break up the pin, but then Will moves, and so Big Teats gets splashed. What what was Jonah's plan there? Um, That's bad psychology. So um, there's a hidden blade on Big Teats, and uh, Will gets the pin, and Jonah will join commentary later, we, we learn. 
No, well, it's the unhidden blade because he does it from the front. But oh, uh, just just blade, yeah, just blade. yeah, just uh, the, the, blade. the obvious blade. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. So, but then we the get like a bloody jump- blind blade. Yes, that too. But we get a jump start on the next match, right? Right, Luke. Yeah, but this is generally a Bullet Club thing. Bullet Club will do this. Uh, I don't know House of Torch has done it too, but well, technically they're Bullet Club. Even I feel like they're separate. Because remember when Bullet Club's all standing around che- cheering Jay after winning the title? Where's House of Torture? Anyway, uh, some Bullet Club members come out and they beat the shit out of the Empire Boys, especially Juice. No, sorry, Rock Hard. Because why? He wants his United States title back. He steals of it back. Of course he does. He steals it back. <laughs> also gives uh, Osprey a pile driver onto the uh, ramp. So uh, that's pretty cool. And then it pretty much just dovetails into the next match, which is record Al Fantasmo, Chase Owens, and Bad Luck Fale versus all of LOJ yep. minus one. Andy LT. I, oh, I, oh, how did I not say that name oh well i don't know this is like an elp versus shingo preview match (laughs) it it is pretty much i like that uh beast bullet club's targeting naito in this match why because they feel like he has a huge chance of winning so let's fuck this guy up there's a paradise lock on rock hard which is funny uh, because uh, he can't get out of it and uh, the bullet club guys kind of save him and bring him into the corner i love seeing a tongan massage on sonata yes please hook that shit up to my veins and then we get some really cool uh, Al Fantasmo Shingo stuff, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. Are they? They're wrestling, right? I guess they better be. Yes, they are. They're wrestling yes. tonight. Sorry. Yeah, yes. So hence the preview stuff. So that's going to be an awesome match. I can't wait for that. It's uh, pretty solid, pretty good ta- tag stuff. But how does this end? Oh my god. C trigger on Bushi. Yeah, this match, is, this night's starting to get better because this like night is kind of like shitty up until now. It's just kind of like, oh, it's like these guys aren't, they're not, they don't, they know these are tag matches. Saying <laughs> yes. they're fucking tired, so they're taking it pretty easy. But uh, next we have Takamichinoku, Zack Saber Jr., and Lance Archer versus Yano, Ishii, and Okada. Okada wants Archer, but Archer avoids him. And he mentions this phrase that he says once or twice. Okay, says, two really? Days. Yeah, two days. And he raises oh, really? two fingers and tells Okada two days the whole match. Even after the match, he does it. He goes and interrupts uh, Okada's backstage commentary to tell him two days. And the idea is he's trying to – he's, like, in the match. It, like, doesn't happen, but he just says it. He's trying to protect Okada because he wants Okada at his best because he'll. What? Yeah. Uh, I don't we get a little Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii, which is really good. Yano nice. versus Zack Sabre Jr. is in this match, so that's fucking great. We get a little taste of that. Um, and then Archer, uh, mid-match, like, there's shit going on in the ring, and Archer runs over and tells Kevin that nothing happens to Okada until he dies in two days. And it's like, man, there's shit going on in the ring. What are you doing? <laughs> so uh, Taka tries to slam Archer, which is a funny little twist on their thing. And uh, Archer won't like go that. up for Taka. So <laughs> Yano wins with a roll-up on top. So just out of curiosity, okay, really, okay, what happens if if it's a draw? Which I believe was one of the questions that Lance Archer once asked on commentary. You've been in multiple G1s. You should fucking know this. Anyway. I believe uh, – so it's 
he has to beat Okada to win the block. If he if it's a draw, which it very well may be, because we can't have people pinning Lance Archer, um, especially the biggest, like most important wrestler in the company. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. Like, look, I'm looking forward to Archer versus Okada. I think it'll be a good match. And no offense yeah. to Mr. Archer, but there's no way he's going 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of hokey pokey, man, available out there. A lot well, of selling on the wrong, outside. I'll, you know? I'll eat some crow. So, I mean, crow tastes good sometimes, you know. Oh man. But uh, yeah, what else happened tonight? All right, we got uh, Jado and Tamatonga versus a Gato and a Switchblade Jay White. <clears throat> Here's a fucking really cool spot. Gato <laughs> uses his Switchblade pendant to poke Jado in the eyes. <laughs> That was really clever, and that's pretty funny. Uh, this is a fun match with some awesome preview stuff between Tamatonga and Jay. Tama really wants his revenge, and Jay's just like, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Tama. He's doing everything he can to piss Tamatonga off. Because I guess, uh, you know, if you're a hothead, you would probably make mistakes and shit like that. This is really fun. I can't wait for their tournament match. I'm a bit nervous about it because I want Jay to win the block. And, it, and I feel like. I don't know. Okada is a pretty good foil for Switchblade. Uh, David Finley is a pretty good foil for Switchblade. Uh, so Shingo. Actually, him and Osprey stare daggers at each other in another block. And Naito's a good foil for Switchblade as well. So, I don't know. I feel like Switchblade should be in the final somehow. Yeah, I don't think Tama is in the same league with Switchblade as far as accomplishments and whatnot. So. Oh, no as a singles wrestler. So he's just not in that top guy conversation. Now he did beat Okada last year. So that this could Which be like a it. thing with him is every year he gets some big one. I mean, that's happened with, that's been a lot of guys stories in the G one. That's, that's, you know, a lot of guys, they get one big win and that's what it's all about. So, um, yeah. So th there's a gun stunt yeah, on Gato and then post-match Jay strikes Tamatonga with a chair, beats the shit out of him and a blade runner, which makes me think, Jay might be losing, and I'm nervous. I gotta breathe. <sighs> gotta breathe. Well, he like okay, so th this match has like awesome psychology, of course, because it's a Jay White match. Um, but oh, yeah. the idea is that he's trying to pull all these mind games on Tama, but none of them work. So he just beats the shit out of him with a chair, which is like he just gets frustrated. He's like, fine, okay, this is how you want to do it. Okay, I'll just do it this way then. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. And this uh, this match is gonna be tremendous and i'm excited for it in a lot of ways uh you know nervous energy is one of those certainly yes indeed and uh let's let's start with back to four tournament matches tonight whoa wow that's uh that takes me back to what, a few weeks <laughs> ago last week <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if you caught this, Luke, but Jonah is on commentary for like yes. he he shows up for commentary and right out of the gate he busts out a, a Brogan Finley reference and I was like, all right, I like this guy on commentary. <laughs> He's fantastic. He, he pretty much starts commentary by calling all the Finleys weak as piss as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> which calls back to his feud with Finley that we covered on the Chicago uh, yeah. Windy City Heat show or whatever it was called. That's right. Windy, windy heat. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Sounds like a hot fart. <laughs> <laughs> it smells uh, like a hot fart in Chicago. So. Yeah. We've got Yoshihashi versus David Finley here. 
And look, I know the, the, the concept here is like, all right, if Yoshi wins, then that's six points and it evens things up. But I'm also well, well aware that it is Yoshihashi and he does tend to lose and fuck things up. So let's see how this goes. So I'm, I'm still like, hmm. Also, last, those last two nights, I saw, I saw a few tweeties with uh, some Yoshi love. And I'm just like, hell yeah, man. Get a bit of Yoshi positivity out there. <laughs> no. All right. So obviously, David Finley is going to go after Yoshihashi's weak ass shoulder, which he does. Yoshi fights back. He cops like two Uranagi backbreakers in a row, which is pretty gnarly. Feels three. like three. Yeah, it was three actually. Yeah. yeah. Finley shuts Yoshihashi down at like every fucking turn. He's got the answer for him. He's confident. Like not cocky, not in a cocky way, but in like, yeah, I've got this is Yoshihashi. I got this. But then Yoshihashi just uh, traps him in a pin. And look at it. Looky here. It's six points again. So Yoshihashi on six points and David Finley also on six. This is uh, the end of both men's G1s. And I thought Finley was really good. Had some really strong wins. And it sets up his United States stuff uh, coming up. And, yeah, Yoshihashi's had some great matches in this G1. Good, good for him. Good on you, man. Yeah. Yeah, he did okay. Um, he he thinks that selling is hold is just touching his shoulder. That's what he for like the first half of the match. He's like selling air quotes his shoulder by just touching it and not making any faces or anything. And then um, like halfway through the match, he's like, oh shit, I gotta sell this. And so he actually starts selling his shoulder like late in the match. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, remember that? I was important. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I. But you're right. So like this, this match has a really cool, has really cool cutoffs. That's what it is. So like every time Yoshihashi strings something together, Finley puts some cool ass move on him and fucks him up, you know, and starts beating him up again. That's great. Um, Cause he's, you know, he's wrestling heel in this match, even though he's not acting like a heel, you know, he's playing that role. Uh, but uh, I, I like the ending. It was, it was kind of, you know, unexpected, obviously. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed that, but um you know, I, it was interesting after the match, you know, they're both good guys. So Finley's like, fuck. And uh, he's he picks up the shillelagh thing and he's about to beat up Yoshihashi. But instead, they they like fist bump and they're cool. So, uh, ah, you know, it's fine. I, I thought it was a good like opener for the singles matches. But uh, after this, Jonah and Kevin discuss how awesome it is that Jonah beat Okada. And uh, Jonah talks about like this really cool deal where remember they talked about Vader during the match and the parallels between that and like, you know, Jonah kind of just basically said it. He's like, yeah, so Anoki had to beat giant dudes. I'm that giant dude. And Okada is Anoki basically. And it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's really cool. I like the parallel stuff. Usually that's like a, Fuck. you yes. know, new Japan does that, yeah. but like, usually that's like a Noah thing, you know, there's like, there's like constant callbacks and stuff and new Japan does it, but it's like, a little lighter um but i like that that it's just a reflection of the old days and okada with you know everything okada's wearing the story of new japan on into the ring so it makes perfect <laughs> sense and i really like it yep same so do i and uh speaking of things i, I really like and let's go with uh, tai chi versus the great okan all right you probably have more to say but my notes are like this match is so fucking good where's the rest of it <laughs> so like of course Great Okan and Taichi try to out sumo each other because the backstory they've been trying to promote on commentary is 
every kind of combat sport Greater Khan entered into, he excelled at. So if anyone could do a bit of uh, sumo with Tai Chi, it's the Great Khan. It's a great, hard-hitting, fast-paced match. And then there's a snap suplex pinned by the Great Khan. Both men end on four. And I was just like, I mean, like, yeah, that was a good match, but like, where's where's the rest of that match? Yeah. I felt I felt like we had another ten minutes left of this match, and they just it just finished early. What do you, what do you think? Like, I, I I liked it, but yeah, they they left some stuff on the table for sure. This match is fantastic, Luke. It's just short, like you said, and yeah. I want more of it. Uh, well, first of all, I just have to mention that Rep Chumpy is, of course, in the red throughout this match. And he, <laughs> he gets a big spot, you know, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But Taichi, when he does his entrance, Kratos Khan's doing that thing where he just stands there with his hands behind his back. So instead of going back to back with Miho, like he does in the ring, Taichi does that with Kratos Khan, and Kratos Khan's like, what the fuck? Which is great. And you know, Taichi wants to do sumo, but Great Okan wants to do amateur wrestling. So, so Taichi's in his sumo pose, you know, and <laughs> Great Okan's just wiggling around on his back, like, which way you come, which way you going to come, come, you know, it's really funny. And so eventually, Ref Chumpy gets this big spot where he has to call for a break and stand them up like a UFC fight. <laughs> it's <just> great. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, they, they get in a clutch at the beginning, right? And they struggle in this clutch for a couple minutes, and it tells the whole story of the match. It's fantastic because, like, Great Okan, like, they're in the clutch, they're struggling for position, and then Great Okan tries that arm drag, but Taichi blocks it. And then he tries a sumo throw, but, you know, Great Okan blocks that, right? And uh, and they're both not able to get out of the clutch, and they do a lot right there. A lot of storytelling happens right there in that little section, and this is what I mean about this match being fantastic. Um, it's like the, the little bit that they do is just tells so much. So, uh, you know, Taichi does end up throwing great Okan, but what does great Okan do? He ends up getting the arm drag later. So it works out great. And, you know, they do some new Japan, like traditional style wrestling. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a different match, you know, it's there's claw versus throat hold, which is really good. And then that's when it ends. And it's like, Oh, and you know, it's interesting. Great Ocon looks really disappointed after the match. Like something went wrong in the finish or something. And uh, I was also disappointed in the, in the end of the match. So. Yeah. It's like, it's a good match with a good finish. Like I'm not complaining about the finish at all or anything like that. It's, it's just like, it's like I got a plate of, really awesome tasting veggies and i'm like that's great and all but also ordered a steak where is that uh so i feel like these guys have i think we got like here's a better metaphor we got like we got like half a steak that's you know because what we got was really good but you're like oh i'm still hungry for that other half of the steak you know and we wanted this to be like this uh, a long hard fought banger because these are our two dudes. Like we love Tai Chi and Greater Khan, and I feel like their chemistry is great too. So these guys could have uh, a pretty good rivalry, like a singles rivalry going forward. So uh, I know they've had tag battles in the past. So yeah, it, uh, it's yeah, yeah. Everyone's feeling well, our pain. Yeah, but to brighten our day, after that we get a little tidbit from Jonah. Uh, this is really great because, you know, uh, Kevin Kelly did some research on um, the uh, the guy that choked out um, 
Steve Seagal. Gene LaBelle. Oh, Gene LaBelle. Thank you. Uh, as, and so he starts talking about how he trained with Luthez and all this stuff. And then Jonah busts out this amazing factoid. And he says that, hey, that standing senton thing I do is actually a version of the Les or the Fez press. And I was like, oh, that's that's what it is. It's a it's a Fez press without the like, you know, the mounting part. You know, I like, oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. So that was I was that brightened my day, Luke. Not only that, uh, maybe it happens in the filthy match, but someone's in a in some sort of wrist lock or something like that, and Jonah straight away is like. That's not just a wrist lock. That's a fucking that's a label kind of move there. A that's grip. That's, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's like a, a certain grip that you use, and that's called a label grip. Yep. So that I like. It. I like that stuff. Yeah, that's good. And I think I've said it on the show before, but I'll say it again. New Japan, at least on the Japanese commentary side, always has a Japanese wrestler on commentary, and. I don't need it. For, maybe I don't need it for every show, but I do like the idea of them, the American side, being like, "Hey, we should we should do the same thing as the Japanese commentary and absolutely yeah. put a wrestler on it, a different wrestler each time. You get a different flavor, different factions, different opinions, different stories, all this kind of stuff, different knowledge. And sure, sometimes it's not going to work as much as you want. Like, okay, yep, really, okay. But other times it is going to work." with, say, uh, Filthy Tom, who we're going to talk about in a minute, and uh, and Jonah. So, uh, yeah, it works. Like, I think my favorite commentary this whole G1 is Filthy Tom doing commentary whilst also selling a potential concussion. <laughs> I love I you, Kevin. ELP was, I like you too, yeah. Chris. I uh, miss you, Gino. But, you know, concussion ELP commentary. ELP was the best. Yeah, he was great too, yeah. He's a little too funny, so sometimes I'm like, I'm trying to watch this match. Can you stop making jokes, motherfucker? Well, I mean, one point while we're talking about it, one point is that, that I want to make about Jonah is that up until the main event, he compliments Ke- uh, Kevin Kelly, and they work really well together. And then in the main event, he starts to wander, and it's distracting. And he, it's like he does fantastic in all the other matches, but then in the main event, it's like, brother – why are you talking about this when two of the best wrestlers in the world are just beating the shit out of each other? You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. There's some weird stuff in there, but, uh, but he, he overall, he did fantastic. He has a great voice too, which is helped. It's smooth, isn't it? Yeah. He's got that sexy, smooth Aussie voice thing happening. Like, uh, what if ELP like, like your fellow like podcaster that. right now? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. He sounds just like you. Um, he stole that from you and, uh, Steal my shit. <laughs> you know, what if, I just, you know, what if Jonah sounded like ELP? Hey Kevin. And, uh, you know, hey, Kevin. If, yeah, ELP sounded like Jonah. That'd be funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever, you ever uh, hear Tama Tonga talk? Like he has this really high pitched voice and it's like, Oh, it's not tough at all. It sounds very untough. Well, that's what I was saying about like, uh, like I like the David Finley character. He's great. He's even really good on the mic when he's cutting promos. You know, expect me, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But then you sit him on commentary and you're just like, ah, I like David Finley. He seems like a nice dude. <laughs> just might not necessarily be what you should be trying to convey. Like I feel like Jonah conveyed, yeah, he sounds like a nice dude, but also uh, I'm a big dude who can talk as much shit as he wants because I'm a big dude. And uh, has a, a yeah interjected that with a bit of bit, bit of wrestling knowledge and shit too. So I don't know. I think feel like feel like we're stalling, but uh, let's get into it. I don't know. You you probably like this match as 
maybe a little less than me, but it is uh, the filthy one, Tom Lawler versus Jeff Cobb. Uh, this is a pretty, pretty decent hard-fought battle. Like, I thought the filthy one would lose here because he struggled with the Giants in the tournament in the past, but I guess he had to at least put one or two of them away. Unfortunately, one of those is Mr. Jeff Cobb. He could eat a loss, that's fine, but I'm still going for Jeff Cobb to win. Um, yeah. Of course! <clears throat> but yeah, I was I was pretty drunk by this point, so my my notes are not that exorbitant, not extensive, sorry. I do apologise. But uh, nasty knee on the brain, which makes the crowd fucking gasp. They didn't expect this finish either. And Lola on six, and Cobb on six. Yeah. Yeah, so this match is pretty cool because, like, I mean, it has a good story, but I, there's some issues I'll talk about. But Lawler, he basically tries the UFC fight cop. He's like, oh, I'm going to UFC fight you, which means he's going to try to submit him because that's his only chance, right? So basically Tom uses extreme measures to get on holds, and then Cobb gets out of them by using extreme strength measures. You know, for example, you know, there's a triangle – but cop does the one arm power bomb on the apron, you know, to him, which is a pretty typical spot. But there's a lot of them where he's just chucking Tom across the ring, which is really great. Um, it's just filled with those kinds of spots, which is pretty cool. But I just, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't think Cobb should lose this match to that, to Tom Lawler. Uh, but, you know, hey, it's fine. I mean, no big deal. I just I got an issue with Tom Lawler's kicks. I mean, they are just not good. They're not good. And like, he's like a UFC guy. He should know how to do kicks. And like, his kicks are just so light, you know, that, I mean, maybe he's just so dangerous with kicks that if he tries to, you know, lay it in, he'll hurt somebody or something. I don't know. It's just kind of, to me, they look real bad. And in particular in this match, everything he does look, looks great, except when he does kicks. You know, it's like, why are you doing them then? Even the knees look fantastic, but the, the kicks are bad. So um, I just also we did have Lawler suplex uh, Cobb in this match towards the end, which is pretty cool. You that know, for him, but really it's it. just like weird. You know, I, I you know, I guess this match had a weird feel to it. And it's weird that Lawler, Lawler beat Cobb, but <laughs> well, it's T1. Yeah. Anybody can beat anybody. So that is true. And both men end on six points. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now here we go. Holy shit. Here's, here's a fucking main event right here. Yeah. It is C-block action. The last time these two men wrestled, we did not see Kenta for six months. <laughs> At least thereabouts. And why? It's because he was a busted open mess with a broken fucking hip. It's that You know, that was the uh, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom match. I'm pretty sure it was for the United States title. Man, that United States title, people just willing to blade over that thing like fucking crazy, aren't they? <laughs> it's just a thing with that. But uh, let's do this match justice. Let's let's go. take us through it, Mr. Andy. It is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. All right, strap in. A lot happens in this match. Oh, so my God. Obviously, you know, these two have a fascinating rivalry because they can't, like, they – they clearly love wrestling each other. I mean, like, it's like, I feel that's like, too. Where, where have you been all my life? That's the way they, they feel when they're in the ring together, because it's, they're so trusting of each other that they just fuck each other up. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, go as hard as you want. Cause I'm going to go really hard too. Let's fucking do it. And so their rivalry 
um, you know, the way that it's formed kind of prevents them from having a just regular match. They have to try to kill each other. So that's, you know, <clears throat> we start off with a clap off, which is fun. And Kenzo loses and he's, he's sad. So he goes and gets a chair from under the ring, but the cushion part is missing. And this actually sets up a spot for later in the match. So he goes and steals the time cap capers chair and brings it in the ring. So Tanahashi picks it up and plays a chair guitar. And that allows Kenta to take control. That's all he was waiting for, some kind of distraction. So Kenta gets back in, uh, excuse me, Tanahashi gets back in control after hitting the corner crossbody thingy and uh, kicking Kenta off the apron, which has, he takes a nasty bump into the guardrails. My God, that's when it starts to get violent. So Kenta returns yeah. the favor and takes Tanahashi out to the aisle for a DDT on the floor. Uh, Kenta kicks the shit out of Tanahashi and just fucks him into the guardrails. Jonah's on commentary, and this is kind of one of the things that he does that's distracting, is that we're in the middle of the part of this match where they're getting real violent, and Jonah's like, hey, what's up with Japanese commentary? Do we got a beef with them? Let's start a beef with them. Who's on there? Oh, Ishimori? Oh, he's a junior. Damn it. Like, come on, man. We don't need that right now. We need to sell the importance of this match and how dangerous it is for the wrestlers involved. So. Yeah. Should have done yeah, that shit yeah. during maybe Yoshihashi versus right. Finley or something. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So, you know, meanwhile, while he's talking about that, the two wrestlers are trying to kill each other. And uh, even normal-ass moves look extremely painful and awesome. It makes every move mean something. It's just the best of pro wrestling. There's a dragon screw and Tanahashi starting to feel it. But Kenta cuts him off with a scary-looking power slam. Oh, Kenta starts punching the shit out of Tanahashi and ace fires up and it starts a big long booyah spot that's really good uh and then there is a amazing chump up right here where basically tanahashi he late in the match he will often hit like slap an opponent out of nowhere right so he goes for that slap but kenta's waiting for it and he ducks and fucking red shoes just gets clobbered i mean he cleaned his clock <laughs> it was, it was gnarly dude great <laughs> chump up that. i was proud so <clears throat> you know, that was really cool. So Kenta uses his opportunity to uh, go back under the ring. And before he was like, he was like, oh, this isn't what I want when he got that chair. And what he was looking for before making sure it was down there was the crutch. So he gets the crutch out. You you did this to me. And he beats the shit out of Tanahashi with a, with a crutch. Uh, ref's still out. So Kenta takes it to the outside and hits another DDT. He steals the timekeeper's table and sets it up on the outside. <clears throat> And uh, he looks he he looks for a double stomp through the table from the top to the outside. But Tanahashi recovers, <clears throat> and he wants to try a superplex to the outside. Luckily, they don't do either of those things. <laughs> Thank, Thank goodness. So, please don't oh, die, gentlemen. Please don't die. <laughs> I mean, it just the just the thought of it's enough. So uh, there's a draping DDT, and Kenta tries to wake up Red Shoes. So he's starting to recover, and Kenta starts his three moves of doom. Because uh, he's only got three. And he goes for the double stomp, but Tanahashi kicks out, and somehow Red Shoes gets hit again. <laughs> uh, there's a hangman spot on the second rope, and Kenta chucks the table at Tanahashi. He's like, You won't go through this? I'm going to hang you on the ropes and just throw the table at you. And it's like, it's just unprotected headshot, you know, with a table. It's fucking awesome. They two definitely um, trust really, each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just, it's, they're going so hard. And then, and then this, this begins a sequence where Kenta tries the GTS 50 times, but Tanahashi keeps getting out of it. So first time he gets out with a twisted shout. The second time uh, he turns into a sling blade, which is fucking so cool. 
Uh, there's another sling blade and a high fly flow to standing Kenta. He's down. High fly flow again, but Kenta gets his knees up and it looked incredible. I have, I we see that spot in like every other match, and it's not never it's never as effective as this was. This was just unbelievably. It looked like it hurt so bad. Psycho knee for two from from uh, Kenta, and then Tanahashi counters another go to sleep attempt, and um, they just go full never. They get it's just never as fuck. They just start fucking each other up with slaps. It turns into punches, and it's really really gnarly as you would say and finally yeah. after a million strikes a crazy knee kenta gets the gts for the win it's just top guys doing top guy shit after the match kenta pips pips his go look this is this is why we watch new japan isn't it like matches like this rivalries like this and it didn't top that previous match. What could? I mean, the guy got poor Kenta got injured out for like four or five months, and I don't want them to do that, <laughs> that every single much, fucking time yeah. they wrestle. That's that's <laughs> almost too much. Not only was that too much on the table, the table collapsed, and uh, one of the uh, people eating it can't come back for. But yeah. Anyway, I'll stop that. Yeah, but this is like one of the reasons you watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is what you want, and they managed to kind of. Not go as hard as that other match, but they still go hard and they build off that match and their rivalry and neither man blades as well. You can have rough as guts matches that are never as fuck and brutal without blading. And sure it's fun sometimes. I'm looking at you, Mr. Moxley. You do it every single match. Yeah. Oh, I'm well, in a random no, ten man tag blades. Oh, I'm just coming blade. at the promo blades. Nobody blades on the Japan, toilet though. blades. You know. <clears throat> They, they don't blade in New Japan. They go hard way, man, every time. So that's why Moxley blading in New Japan matches, that's one of many reasons why it's stupid. So, yeah, I thought this match, I know it got never at that point that you just mentioned when they start smacking the piss out of each other, but I would posit that this whole match is never as fuck. Tanner's got a never streak, and when he's up against strikers and never guys, he'll pull that never streak right out. And it reminds me that for a very short time, he was a very good and sexy never open champion. So uh, this match is just incredible. As you said, these guys look like they trust each other, so they just go for it. They just tear it up. They beat the shit out of each other. I'm, I'm, even though no one's blading and no one's physically injured, I'm still on the edge of my seat thinking, like, please don't die. Please don't kill each other. You guys have got to wrestle again, and I want it to be, like, the next G1 night, not fucking six months in the future so they didn't die thank goodness <clears throat> this this makes sense in their rivalry for kenta to win plus he's only on four points and tanner doesn't need to win the g1 you, know, you can put tanner in any storyline any situation for any title and you immediately believe it because it's fucking tanahashi and uh, kenta needed a pretty damn good solid victory after having such a weirdly booked g1 such a weirdly booked g1 for him but anyway, this match was absolutely perfect. This is what you want. This is why we do the plucking podcast matches like this. Uh, this is like I know I often mention more, some of the more jokey matches for uh, you know ones that I might go back to and rewatch. But there are some really gnarly, hard hitting stuff that obviously I go back to. And one that's easier to go back to and watch now is that Wrestle Kingdom match. Because I know Kent is okay now. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, st I still can't fully bring myself to be like, I want to check out that uh, Okada versus 
Uh, Shibata match. I still can't bring. I know he's sort of okay, but you don't know how oh, okay he match. is. But I, oh, I love it too. But I can't, I can't, I can't put myself through that again because I know he's not fully okay now. You know what I mean? It's, it's an emotional it's like, roller coaster, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, uh, you know, um, and I, I, I feel like, I feel like Kenta. I know he's in Bull Club. I know Jay's the top guy, but I feel like at some point he deserves a bit of a run with that title as well. Yeah, that could be cool, you know. But uh, so Luke, after uh, after all that, we're set up for three nights in a row at the Nippon Budokan. Oh Big fucking deal, man. And so uh, they did announce the matches for the first night. They can't announce the matches for the next two nights because it would fucking spoil everything. So, oh, yeah. um, and we get something pretty neat we get the all block action show which is uh tuesday morning uh for me and tuesday night for you and uh it's everybody you know and of course they put the the you know there's basically elimination matches you know in this in this show uh lots of them and so those are all kind of stacked uh but the main events lance archer versus okada not tamatanga versus jay white or naito versus x saber jr yeah Uh, yeah. Uh, no offense to you, Mr. Archer, but I don't know. I, yeah, we totally get it. But look, yeah, this this just sounds like an amazing card from top to bottom. We've got Osprey versus Rockhard. We've got Shingo versus El Fantasmo. Hiroki Goto versus Evil. Uh, win, Evil, please. That's going to be so boring. I'm sorry. That's going to be like I, super boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Yano sucks the fun out of everything. So. Yeah, that's why he's on a team with Yano and not wrestling against Yano. Uh, we've got uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Zack Sabre Jr., which is a marquee match up on any card. Like, that's a main event right there. That yeah. that's a show seller right there. That's the <clears throat> we got. This match is going to be awesome and. And never as fuck, it's Ishii versus Sonata. They're going to go just a million miles an hour. we got the champ, Tam- uh, Jay White versus Tamatonga. we got Jonah versus Bad Luck Farley. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be pretty cool too. And yes, our main event, Okada versus Lance Archer. And, you know, oh, look, it's all tournament matches for one show. I'm like, and the juniors are being like, yeah, you're still holding our beers, motherfuckers. So they did it like seven or eight times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is exciting man you know we're wrapping up another g1 so looks like we'll have one more g1 32 episode this year you know and then we'll move on to whatever's next and i don't even want to look past it you know i'm i'm excited for uh this to wrap up this has been a fantastic tournament and we've uh put out a lot of episodes uh so you know it's been it's been fun that's what charity said too i was like oh i'm recording on uh, tuesday morning she's like again didn't you just do one? I'm like, well, yes. you know, it's, it's G1 season. If you don't stay on top of it, suddenly we have to do a show with six episodes, and that would be yeah. a fucking nightmare. We've done it, sure, you know. We, I, so it's just, it's just like three hours. I'm sure there's like at least one or two listeners that don't mind a lot longer one, but you know, that's that's a long time. It does take a long time to make those episodes, too. And, you know, the other thing is that it's just I feel like if we cram five, six shows into one episode of the podcast, we have less time 
to talk about each match. You know, we've had uh, plenty of time to explore every single tournament match. You know, we've uh, made the executive decision to shorten or shorten our coverage of tag matches, like kind of in general, which has helped as well. But I just feel like that, you know, the way the tournament was set up this year, it was perfect for us because, you know, they have a few shows and then there's a break. They have a few shows and then there's a break. So there's been plenty of time to record. And, you know, that's why we did it. So here we are. That's that's correct. Like other years, it's like, all right, two shows, break, two shows, break, five shows, one day break, five shows, one day. What are you doing? Yeah. So they've, they've definitely booked it well, probably well for their talent. But more importantly, they booked it well so we can squeeze in all these episodes, which I hope everyone has <laughs> well, enjoyed. I think the fans have time to process what's happening too easier and maybe it's time to catch up if they get behind. So, you know, I, yeah, I like true. this as far as like, you know, uh, just the way that this worked out as far as, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to searching for a word I can't find, but the way, the way that, you know, it was handled as far as the logistics of it, I guess it's, it's really worked out, I think. And I don't necessarily prefer this. I do like, like as a fan watching the every single day there's a show thing i fucking love that and if i wasn't doing a podcast i would say i prefer that but i prefer this new way so. <laughs> yes indeed because you know we've got to take notes on all the matches and then we've got to do the podcast and stuff and we've got to squeeze it in on weird times and days and stuff yeah all right holy shit one more episode as you said we've got uh, tonight wednesday night and thursday night what time do these shows start? Seven, seven, seven. Should all be morning shows, yeah. So I should I be know. up for them. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, you can take. Uh, I don't know. We can decide. Let's who- talk about that off the air. What do you think? Yeah. I, I, I. Every every episode, I feel like near the end, I kind of ramble and trail on, but mostly because I'm just like. Oh, we're finished? Or we want to keep talking to Mystic? I bet. Yes, I know. We got stuff to do. I love doing the podcast. That's kind of what I'm saying here, Miss Dandy. I love it. It's fun. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I said it's fun. Oh, it's fun. All right, okay, cool. Yeah. It's fine. It's funny, but I'll take it's fun too. <laughs> okay, it's fine too. So. <laughs> and uh, in Gator, we trust. <laughs>